this is a bonus episode that I'm bringing to you. Um, it is a recording of um, uh, a podcast um, that I did with my friend Berit. Um, it's her podcast, which is called The Soul Untangled. Um, but, you know, she agreed that I could record it as well. And I'm putting it out here as a bonus episode Um uh, in case you're interested, I am talking, Berit invited me onto her podcast to talk about inner child work, the importance that uh, it has, how important it has been to me in my healing journey, and also how I work with people and their inner child in my work uh, as a coach. I um, I loved um, being uh, interviewed or chatting to Berit on her podcast. And it's actually the first time I've ever been on somebody else's podcast. So um, I thought you might like to have a listen. Um, so I'm putting it out as a bonus episode for you to enjoy. And um, I hope you do enjoy it. And here it is. Okay. So welcome to The Soul Untangled. And today I'm here with Philippa Robinson, uh, who I'm going to have a conversation about inner child and inner child work with and I well my inner child looks a lot forward to that I, I feel and um, and as always we ju- I just want to start with with getting present here and if you're in a place where it's safe for you then then please close your eyes and take a few breaths with us And just feel the support of the earth. And how it's supporting you no matter who you are. And no matter what you've been through. And no matter what is going to happen. And you can feel it as a, a gentle talk into towards towards the earth. Holding you. And then allow yourself to to focus on your heart space. And breathe into the heart space. And allow whatever happens in the heart space to to be as it is. And you can bring this presence into into this conversation and and your bodily awareness to listen with with your entire body and not just with your your ears and your mind so when coming back into into this conversation. Oh, well, I'd love to welcome uh, Philippa Robinson 
And would you introduce yourself and, and say a bit about your journey? Yeah, of course. Um, hi, Berit. Um, hi. Hello <laughs> You're very welcome. Yeah, thank you. And hello to all your listeners. And, um, you know, I really want to say thank you for inviting me here today. It's It's a really... Uh, I feel really privileged to be able to come and speak on your podcast about inner child that is is so so dear to me and so um, has been really um, important in my healing journey over the last five years. So um, this opportunity to come and talk about this is just wonderful. So thank you very much. Um, and thank you um, very much for coming. Yeah. Well. So I um, lived, so I'm 52 now, and I lived until the age of 47, blissfully, well, not blissfully, actually. So let's scrap that, unaware of my inner child and unaware of all things, personal development, growth, consciousness, um, you know, self-care, um, inner work, shadow work, all of those things that are so dear to me now, I spent the first 47 years of my life completely unaware of them. And I realized as part of the healing work I've done over the last five years um, that I was so unaware of them because I had spent all those first years of my life um, in survival mode. Uh, as a result of things that happened in my childhood and I you know I was married uh, with two kids a dog live in Bristol so I come from Brit well I don't come from Bristol actually I come from the northwest of England which is up near Manchester but I live and have lived for 22 years in Bristol which is in the southwest and you know I had a successful career as a lawyer you know on the outside it looked like, and people have said to me, you know, it looked like I was living, you know, living the dream and everything looked rosy, but actually inside was a very different story. And slowly the, the fire inside me that I had done my best to um, smother and keep, keep down and not let out um slowly over the years certainly once I'd had children um it started to ignite and as a result of losing a freak thing happened to my eye I won't go into the details of that but a freak thing happened to my eye in January 2017 and I lost a lot of the sight in my right eye um and what followed from there um was uh, the medical process of regaining a lot of that site, which I did. I had lots of injections in my eye and really ugh, not very nice, but I got a lot of the site back. But what had started was um, a real unraveling for me of where I was in life and what was, why did I feel the way I felt, which was very much... Um, you know, I have this lovely life, but I'm not happy. I feel guilty that I'm not happy. What is wrong? What is it that, you know, am I literally just broken and can't do life, which is how I felt a lot of the time. And um, 
because I'd lost the sight in my eye, I began to realise that I might actually, there was a very real risk I would go blind in that eye. And even though it was a freak thing, it might happen to the other eye because of the things I've got going on with my eyes. And I really genuinely thought I could go blind. And what that made me realise is that I, my worth over the years had come from being useful, uh, being a good girl, being a people pleaser, um, and how would I be any of those things? How could I possibly be useful if I was blind? Who would look after me? What was my worth? What was my place in the world? And that is why I started having this massive unraveling of like the very essence of who I am, what I am, what is what am I here for? What is the point? That's what I used to say a lot. What is the point? Isn't there more to life than this? And um after quite a frustrating day in the eye clinic and sort of not getting anywhere, I, I just had a proper meltdown. And I said to my husband that I was in such a bad place that if I didn't get some help, I felt like I was going to have to leave. Sorry, I always get a little bit emotional when I talk about this. You know, I really felt like I would have to leave because I was going to, I was really going to mess it up for everybody. I was going to screw the kids up. And I really felt like I had no choice. So that day I um, found um, a counsellor. I, I only contacted one. I tell everybody to contact a few and choose, but I only contacted one. Something drew me to this woman. And I then had um, three years weekly therapy, three years of weekly therapy, um, which was like phenomenal. It, it introduced me to all these things that I said at the beginning that I didn't know about. I, I began to understand that what I'd experienced as a child was trauma. Um, it wasn't okay. I spent my life saying, well, yeah, it was pretty rubbish, but hey, you know, I'm all right. I realized I wasn't all right. And um, a, a little bit during that time, she introduced me to what I now know as inner child work but she didn't really call it that she didn't give things names and labels but it was very much connecting with that uh that sense that 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 little spark it was that fire really inside in that 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 was me the essence of who I am um and she introduced me a little bit to that uh, but it was really after I finished therapy that I really picked up the inner child work and did various workshops and courses and really dug into what inner child, what my inner child is, who she is, how she shows up um, and how she really drives my decisions and the way I behave, um, my actions, all those things. And it, it's it has been truly life changing. Um, uh, you know, the person I am now, it's nearly well, it's about five years ago. Um, you know, the person I am now to the person I was five years ago, I look very similar on the outside, but inside is like a completely different landscape. Um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't go back. <laughs> Not for anything. Um, so that was how I came to um, know my inner child and understand more about inner child and um, how I then 
you know, started using that in my work. So, yeah. Does that sort of answer your first question? Yeah, <laughs> it does. Thank you so much. And, and it so resonates a lot of what you're saying. Um, yeah, this about late in life, finding out that that we actually have trauma from from our childhood and and that and that we are uh, that we have a chance to to work with that and to and to release that trauma yeah yeah absolutely and i think if, if you know anybody who is um you know has a similar view to it that i used to have i would say yes my childhood was rubbish but you know, I'm okay. I, I, people have got it a lot worse. Um, and I used to say, well, you know, I, 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 I wasn't really abused, you know, and by that, I mean, physical abuse. That's what I used to think. Um, and I used to think that I couldn't, I couldn't have had it that bad because I didn't have these, um, things happen to me that we would understand as trauma. But what I came to learn was that, you know, emotional trauma is very much a thing and emotional neglect and sustained um, denial of who you really are and trying to make me, so my, you know, my parents constantly denying my reality in lots of ways and not being there for me to, as I, uh, as I experience the world as I'm growing up and trying to find my place in it um, and encourage me to be who I am. I mean, none of that happened um, for, for lots of, of reasons. My parents married when they were very young. They were, you know, they were 20. They had really their own things going on, which they wouldn't have been aware of. And I, you know, I came as a bit of a distraction, I think, from what was going on in their marriage, um, which then fell apart when I was about six and for various reasons, it's not really, a, you know, I don't need to tell you here, I don't think, but my dad, I didn't see my dad for about 20 years from about being age 10 until I found him again at age 30. And um, I spent the majority of my childhood growing up with an alcoholic mother and in a family where my mum remarried, she had two more children. And as far as I'm concerned, I was not wanted anymore. I was from the first marriage. I didn't feel like I was part of that new family, mm. but I had nowhere else to go either. So I literally tried my best to be the, the best helper um, that I could be in order to sort of be able to stay there. Now, I'm not saying anybody ever said to me, you're going to have to go unless you do this, that, and the other. That never happened. But the way I felt was that I was on very shaky ground. And if I did put a foot, you know, um, you know um, I'm always mixing my metaphors. If I put a foot out of line, stepped out of line at all, you know, I might not be able to stay there and then I'd have nowhere else to go. So my relationship with my primary caregiver was not secure at all. Um, and that very much shaped how I showed up in the world um, in my adulthood and until, you know, I had my breakdown at 47. Um, and what I know now makes complete sense, but I had no idea about any of it at the time. No. 
and and then that's well the awakening right when when we wake up to to this reality yeah and and as you said it it doesn't have to be um be abuse that that causes trauma in in childhood uh, and and sometimes it's well the sensation of uh, of not feeling wanted even though it's not said or or maybe it's maybe it's not even real uh, maybe it is maybe it's not but but just the sensation that lives in our in our bodies yeah and, yeah. and that's what I've really learned over the years that um you know my mum my mum passed away in 2018 and at her funeral somebody said to me you know, your mum did really love you, but I know, <laughs> I know she didn't find it easy to show it or tell you that. And, you know, I think if I'd not done the work that I'd done by that stage, I'd already started doing some work. Um, I, I wouldn't have been able to, to grasp that. I was so angry about so much. I don't think I would have been able to grasp that, but I, I think because I'd started doing some work, I did understand that that could be possible. I'm not saying I felt it, but I understood that that could be a possibility. Um, and it, you're absolutely right that it's a it's a sensation, it's a feeling in the body uh, uh, that. You know, and I I feel I've done some um, I've done some regression work around it, and I definitely felt that even in the womb. I I knew that there were the world wasn't a safe place just by you know by the time I was born my awareness of the world was that I wasn't born into a safe place um and I think partly that is I've realized that I perhaps felt that because I am highly sensitive mm. um you know I'm an HSP which I only discovered last year so that's a you know once you start on this journey of discovery and personal development it's it's non-stop. It really isn't. Uh, sorry. Yeah, it really is non-stop. And I, I think the realization that I'm an HSP helps me realize why I had that experience in childhood that I don't think my brothers had. I don't know because we don't really talk about it. Um, but I'm pretty sure I had a different experience than they did. And I think that's because I sensed so much, so much more. Hmm. Yeah, but and then there's another part of, of the HSP trait that we sense a lot. Um, but there's still this kernel inside us that that will never die, that will never give up, and that keeps driving us. Yeah. And I um yeah, and I much as I'd come to realize how um my inner child had been affected by my childhood. Um, it, it wasn't really until somebody somebody said to me, and you were there when they said it to me, I think you were, and somebody said to me, in fact, Willow, who you, has been a guest on here already, said to me one day, you didn't let your inner, you know, you knew your, your you, you, as in me, the adult Philippa, wouldn't let my inner child die. Um, very, you know, almost instantly, my inner child was telling me that no, that is not right. What happened is my inner child wasn't letting the adult me 
die. And I don't, I don't mean actually I die. I don't mean take my own life, but I mean, you know, yeah. wither away and shrink and, and, and not be who I'm meant to be in the world. It, my inner child kept me going because she knew somewhere along the line, I would wake up. And somewhere along the line, we would be able to reintegrate or maybe even integrate for the first time because, I mean, I can talk about this more if you want. I feel she's been frozen for a long time. So, you know, maybe we never actually got the chance to integrate in the first place as I as I grew up. But certainly that is what I've managed to do. Um, and now we're sort of walking this path of life together. I mean, and I know this is sort of a bit of an odd concept for sometimes for people to get because I am me, the adult, and I'm the inner child me. But it's that very, um, that deep part of me that is driving me on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and for me, uh, I got uh, well separated from from my inner child at least at birth, where I was uh, put in incubator. Yeah. And 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 not attended to and 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 I I realized that that I was actually the one that was in authority because I told everybody around me the way I could that that this was not right I was I was screaming and and they let me out um, but but it it does give uh, a child deep trauma but but still I had this child was fighting my inner child was fighting for my life and for my survival um, and, and has been uh, my entire life. Um, and, and, and I think it's, it's seen with, with many that we, uh, yeah, at some point, uh, <laughs> and some of us at a, a quite old age, uh, we start looking back and and we can see that this child has has actually been fighting for us, and and to get our attention. Yeah. But 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 we have to get very far out before we actually start listening. Yeah, and I hear a, I hear a lot of people um, who who talk about things like connecting with their inner child or or spirit or the divine or, or I, the people call it people and i'm not saying those things are all the same thing for different people but connecting to some essence that is in us and drives us um and i hear a lot of people talking about that as a result of having a breakdown or something sort of catastrophic happening to them and i think you know my my mission is to try and talk about it more to encourage people to engage with it earlier before they get to that rock bottom because it doesn't have to be that rock bottom place that you that you connect with this sense of um who you really are but for certainly a lot of people I know that is where they ended up having to be before they did connect with it um yeah um yeah so if we knew a, a lot more about this work then more people could could benefit from it before yes. they hit that uh, that bottom. 
Yeah, I think I, I I believe so. Now I'm not I'm not saying I was ever in a place to I wasn't ready. I don't think to do this work until what happened to me. Um, but I mean, who knows if I'd come across somebody talking about it uh, earlier in my life, I, I I might have just it might have just sparked an interest in me. Uh, you know, my inner child might have gone, ooh, 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 you know, let's let let's look at this further. Let's you know, let's just investigate. Um, I, I don't know, but I, I like to think I would have done. But really, because I spent so much of my life pretty much frozen and in survival mode, my inner child was frozen and I was just purely in survival mode. Um, I think it took me losing the sight in my eye and fearing going blind for me to actually let my guard down and seek help. and. Um, realize that surviving pushing through working hard trying to not let anybody know how much I'm struggling I, I began to realize that that wasn't working and that there had you know maybe there was a different way to live um you know I hoped there was a different way to live and um I have found out that there is <laughs> yeah. you know which is you know which which is marvelous um and I think we find we come across the people we need, the, the, the books, the podcasts, the, you know, the articles, what, you know, the workshops that, you know, that we need when we when we need them. So who knows is, who's going to listen to this episode today and maybe their inner child is going, oh, 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 listen, listen, this is, you know, who knows? And I would love to think that that might happen at least for one person. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a big driver for us. Mm. Uh, and yeah, for me also, that if just one person benefits from from this conversation, then uh, then it makes me happy. And yeah. Oh gosh, absolutely. Me too. Worth it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all worth it. Um, so, can you say a bit more about this when when we have this freezing state, and and how to recover from that? Yeah. So um, I think, you know, grow, growing growing up, I, you know, I'd heard of the fight flight response to trauma. So the fight flight response wasn't a new thing to me. Um, I, but I'd never really thought because I didn't think I, I'd, I'd experienced trauma. I never really understood that perhaps that was affecting me. And I, I went to a workshop one day. I think this was probably 2018-ish. I mean, it might have been 2019. And I, I went to this workshop, which was IOPT, which is Identity Orientated Psychotrauma Therapy. And it was being run by a lady who I knew. I was really intrigued what it was about. It sounded different and it just sounded like something I wanted to try I'm a great one at trying things once um you know twice if I like it but you know go and try it who knows and I um I went to this workshop and so the the it's sort of based on family systems but sort of loosely it it, it it's just really interesting and the the group the people take it in turns um, in the group to do a piece of work and the work that you want to do involves coming up with a question or a sentence or something that you want to work on that has to be seven seven different words or characters or something or less there's obviously I think 
the theory is more than seven is too many. But what I came up with, the work I wanted to do is what what do I not want to see? That was one of the first things my therapist had said to me when I walked in her room in 2017. She, I definitely believe that the thing happened with my eye now to make me wake up. My, mm. I'd had all sorts of other things thrown at me, um, little issues and niggles over the years, and I'd absolutely refused to stop, slow down and listen. So I absolutely believe that this got thrown at me because I couldn't, I couldn't not stop then. Um, so my sentence was, what, what do I not want to see? And the idea is that all the words in your sentence, you allocate to a person. So one person in the room, I give what to, so they feel into the what do, you know, and when I was working with somebody, where so somebody else's piece of work, I could really feel into what word they gave me. I could absolutely feel into it. And I knew what age they were at the time that I was feeling into it and how they were feeling. And the feedback from the people was, yeah, gosh, you were absolutely getting that. That really makes sense. So I gave out all these words thinking, oh, wow, what am I going to get back? And I was getting back each time not really feeling much I'm not really I'm really struggling to feel into everything I'm feeling really emotional telling you this now and um as I was going around the room the the lady um you know she's she's really short really little and she's like old enough to be my mum she's love absolutely lovely and she grabbed hold of my hand because she could see I was getting really upset and she walked me around all these people in the room and I was getting more and more upset that nobody could um, feed anything back to me. And then she gently took me over to, I'd not allocated one word because I had one word too many. And the word I hadn't allocated to anybody was the I. Mm. So the capital I, what do I not want to see? Mm. And she gently explained to me that what I was experiencing was that I had no I that I just didn't have, I, I wasn't connected with the essence of who I am. Mm -hmm. And you know, that really <laughs> blew my mind at the time, but it actually made, really made sense. And in that, in at the beginning of this IOPT session, she'd explained that, you know, as a result of trauma, we have a fight or a flight response. And I'm sitting there thinking, OK, so I didn't I didn't fight. I was very um, submissive and compliant. I didn't fight, nor did I flee because, frankly, I didn't have anywhere to go. I stayed there in the middle of it. And as I was sitting there thinking, yeah, but what did I do? She explained to me that there is a third response, which is freeze. And all of these light bulbs are going off in my head going, oh, that's exactly what I did. I froze. Um, and the idea of IOPT is that you look into, you, you know, you feel into these, these bits of you, these parts of you. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a form of part therapy. And, um, and by looking at them and feeling into them and giving them space and room to breathe, you, you let them unfreeze and you give them life again and you 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 can you know slowly and gently bring them all back 
to you so that you become whole. Mm. And that is what happened really for me that I, I began to work on who am I, you know, who is Philippa? Um, yes, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a cousin, a mother, um, you know, a wife. I was a lawyer still, uh, you know, all these things. But who am I? Who am actually I underneath all that? What is the essence of me? When you strip all that away, who am actually I? And um, I, you know, it started with simple things like, okay, so, um, you know, you know, what's my favorite food? What's my... Um, what is my, uh, what do I like, you know, what my hobbies, what do I enjoy doing? If I had a whole day to myself without any responsibilities and without any, you know, problem, everything else got sorted, the kids and the dog and everything else is sorted. What would I love to do for myself, with myself on a whole day? And I had absolutely no idea. Because I spent my life looking out all the time and making everybody else happy or trying to make everybody else as happy as I possibly could, which, of course, is never going to happen because you're never going to make everybody else happy. And if I'm my happiness is reliant on everybody else being happy, I'm not happy either. Um, so bringing it back inside and, and, tr- and connecting um, through my just being still and quiet and breathing really learning to breathe properly breathe deep um, and deep into my uh, into my belly not you know shallow breathing in our chest like I'd mm. always done mm. um so just starting off with really little small steps um helped me reconnect or even connect for the first time, or certainly as an adult, with who I actually am and what lights me up. Um, it, it really made me understand how, you know, I'd kind of given all my power away to everybody else all my life, and it helped me realise that I need to feel that power for me because if I, you know... And working on myself wasn't selfish or, you know, wasn't detracting from everybody else. Because actually, if I'm in a better place, I am a much I'm a much nicer person to live with. I have to say, Um, you know, I'm a better mother. I'm a better wife. I'm but I'm a better me. I'm a better version of myself by giving myself that time. Mm. And slowly I unfroze. And I think you touched upon something that's very important there, that that we often, or or many people see self-development as being selfish. Mm. Um, And yeah, in my view, of course, and and also in my experience, um, is the experience that you have that that when when we, when people uh, untangle (laughs) themselves and, and, and become their true self, then they have a lot of more presence. They are, well, they're listening 
a, a lot more uh, because they're in in peace with with what's inside them, and it doesn't disturb them uh, all the time. So, yeah. So so that belief I would like to <laughs> to get get rid of that that it's selfish to to work to connect to to your inner self. It's really important that that we all do so and and that we teach our kids. Yeah, I I, I truly believe that. Um, I also understand that it's quite difficult for people to change their mind or their thoughts and their beliefs around that because a lot of us certainly who are a bit older have grown up with um the belief that it's well I just grew up with the belief that it I, I'm trying to think you know my parent it just wasn't a thing so it you, you know it, it it's I had to embrace something that I, I knew was going to be what I needed, but I wasn't surrounded by people. You know, none of my friends talk about personal development or didn't, you know. Um, it, it just wasn't a world that I had come across before from my parents, from my friends, from people, nobody. I didn't really know anybody who... And I'm not saying they weren't doing that work. I just didn't know they were because it's not really something that we talk about. And um, I, um, at the same time as being in therapy, I embarked on a counselling foundation course, as you do. And the, the whole point of the foundation course is to do your own work. So it, it really was pretty um, full on for the full year I was in that course. But during um, uh, that course, somebody on the course introduced me to um, the work of Brené Brown. And I just, you know, there I learned um, about the power of being vulnerable. So the power of vulnerability um, is, is what she calls it. And how actually me opening up and explaining to people allowing people to understand that actually I might look like I've got it all together on the outside but actually inside I don't and the struggles that I am having has really made a massive difference in my relationships with my family and with my friends and um it's 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 been a massive revelation to me that I don't have to pretend anymore Mm. Um, that actually being vulnerable and letting people see the real me now that I've found the real me is there's actually a power in that there's a power in that for me but there's also a power in that for other people because already two of my friends have said to me actually I'm I'm leaving my job and I'm going off doing something else because I've seen how it's changed you and if you can do it, I can do it. And I'm going to go and do it. And I just love that. I just think it's, I just think it's amazing. Yeah. And not only do you show it to your friends, you also show it to your to your children. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yes, I didn't grow up with that being a thing at all. And I didn't necessarily mix in circles that talked about it, but Having learned it, I obviously embody it at home now. And, um, you know, 
my son's uh, laugh all the time. So I've got two teenagers who are currently 13 and 15. And, you know, they'll be going, oh, you know, their dad will come in and say, oh, this person was really annoying me at work today, say, for an example. And they'll, my sons will immediately both look at me and wait for me to say something like, yeah, well, you know, we don't know what's going on for them. And, you know, they might be having a really bad day. So, you know, notice your reaction, but then, you know, you don't have to react back to them and you can just let that be for them and not take it personally and not get defensive. And it's now a bit of a joke that I will look at all of these things in a completely different way. Um, And, you know, I just hope that's going in because, you know, I think it, it will do. It must be doing. Um, obviously, yeah. they're not going to say it is. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And and it's also about how we learn. Yeah. Uh, because, well, we are taught that we learn by by thinking and by by reading, by talking. Uh, but actually, in, in my experience, we learn by by feeling. Yeah, and and as children, we copy the emotions that that is present uh, in the field. Yeah, yeah. So 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 these are things. These are yeah things that we speak about in an energetic language that is, at least to me, haven't been well. And in in the world, it seems is not the way we speak about things. But I would really like to to begin speaking about things in a more energetic way, and 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 understand that that it's not just the words we say; it's not just our behavior, but it's also the emotions that we have inside that that we pass on to to our surroundings and and especially to our kids that are that are so dependent on us. Yeah. And and I'm glad we got into this topic about so both of us are mothers. My children are a, a bit older than yours. They're uh, 17 and 19. And um, and so uh, I I started my journey when they were were older, and and it's still uh, I'm still just hoping that they will. That they will copy it. Um, I'm sure they will. I, I really think it's never too late. You know, even if your children are adults and have left home, um, obviously they're not around you quite so much. But I, I, I am a great believer that it's never too late to, to, to do any of this work, um, because you then become a light for other people and people can see the change in in you because because you do raise your energy vibration and you know people just say to me you just see I can't tell you what but you just seem really different you're radiating something that's what people say a lot and I'm like you know that's lovely it's really great to hear but I do think that being more Am I really going to say this? Being 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 more at one with yourself, integrated and um, peaceful with who you are, yeah, is there is just 
you know, there's just some magic to that. I, I, I really think there is. And um, people can't help but feel it. Mm, yeah. Well, to me, it's, yeah, when you connect to your soul, which is a, a light, a being of light, yeah. a, a being of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then you radiate that and, and people can't help but, but see it. And and as so so you've written your book. <laughs> I see me. I have, I have, and um, yeah. So I wrote that. It took me about twelve months, and I finished it last November. And it's really the story of well of my life, really, and how I. I, I wanted to write a book when I finished therapy, and I wanted to write a book about the things that I'd learned because I figured that if I was so clueless when I began there would be there might be other people out there who might benefit from what I'd learned but when I started writing it I was having to put so much context um from my life as to why I'd had to learn this lesson that actually it became quite obvious that I needed to write the story of my life and then how I'd come to write on brand with your podcast how I came to untangle it all. Um, and that is the journey I've been on on the last five years of is of untangling all those threads of my 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 childhood, my adolescence, my my twenties, all my um, gosh, all my seeking uh, comfort in what turned out to be bad relationships in doing a job for 27 years that actually I was good at, but I really didn't like, I didn't enjoy it, but I felt I had to do something, um, you know, a proper job because I had to look after myself because there was nobody else who was going to do it because that is how I'd grown up feeling that there was nobody there for me. And um, that, that, so part a big part of the inner child work that I needed to do was help my inner child feel safe because she that scared little girl was was driving my every decision my every move my um reactions um she just didn't feel safe at all so I was in a constant um, I was constantly on high alert, hypervigilant. I was just in a, a you know, a, a fight, flight or freeze response all the time. My body was flooded with adrenaline and cortisol. I, I was just a mess. Um, but by taking steps to regulate my nervous system, um, and looking after myself, which is also a lot of the self-care practices for HSPs so you know who knows whether that heightened heightened state that I was in was partly fueled by the HSP I think it probably was it was quite a cocktail I think um but reparenting giving my little girl what she needed giving her the attention giving her the comfort giving her the love mainly um has helped her feel safe and now she feels safe she doesn't 
react the way that she used to. I I I don't feel broken <laughs> anymore. Um, and um, yeah, sorry, I've forgotten what you said that sent me off on that on that little story now. Oh, my book, sorry, yes. And 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 that's kind of what I talk about in my book. It, it felt it felt really important for me to write it all down. And I originally did it just for myself. Mm. And as a process of writing it, I realized that 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 spark, that that little feisty bit in me was there all along because as I was writing the book and remembering things and um, I really understood that that spark was there all along. There were things that I did along the way that I think, oh, yeah, that was me trying to break away, but I didn't quite get it, make it. And that was me trying to do that, but I didn't quite make it. So when I finally had my breakdown and did the work and that I did and reintegrated my inner child, I had you know, much more appreciation for her because I think there is so much wisdom in that little part of us. You know, they know they they know what is best for us if we can just slow down and listen. Yeah. And I really feel that in my heart, that that listening and, and listening to and with your heart. Mm. Mm. And and we actually came from from this light thing because and connecting to our inner light because yeah the title of your book i see me is is to me the connection to well the path to connect to your to your inner self and to to what i i would call your soul absolutely and that was the reason i there were quite a few names that i sort of toyed with but when i hit on the i see me because it just seemed right because part of my journey was finding my eye um the c was s-e-e so seeing with my eyes because it's the, the book starts and finishes with me losing the sight in my eye and then the process to recover it and but the whole point was what I found was me and it, it's all about okay I see the root of all this and the is me <laughs> um yeah. So yeah, I I kind of I still love that title. So I think it was the right the right thing to go with, and on on the front the the picture of the front um, here it is is an eye. Mm. I know it's backwards, sorry, but in there that 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 in in the middle of the eye is a is a tattoo that I have on my wrist there that I had for my fiftieth birthday, which is a bird, which is to remind me to fly free. And that's why it's in the middle, in my eye. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's my inner child right there. <laughs> in your eye. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the, the being free, setting ourselves free. And, and by that, allowing others to, to be free as well. Yeah. 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 It's so, so, so crucial, crucial and important. I really think it is. I mean, you know, it's been transformational for me. And um, yeah, so I get a little bit evangelical about it when I get on the on on the subject. Um, and and you know, the word you know, calling it in a child doesn't resonate with everybody. But you know, like you say, soul, spirit, light, 
um I think I I so my understanding of those other things having spoken to other people about them is is very much I think it's the same thing yeah yeah me too and yeah living from your authenticity authenticity and who you really are. Uh, yeah <laughs> English is sometimes a hard language yeah, it is for me. It is for me, and it's the only language I speak. So yes. yeah, <laughs> I know Danish is worse when you when you haven't spoken it from childhood. But yeah, but being authentic and living an authentic life from from the essence of of who you are, and really and really being allowed allowed to know the essence of who you are, because that was one of the things that 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 you were were speaking about that there was no support in your childhood to find out who you are. And, and I think in, well, in many cultures and, and well, also in the Western culture, and there's so many, uh, so many beliefs uh, on, on who we should be and, mm-hmm. and how we should behave as women, as men, as uh, how our sexuality should be, how, uh, how people of different colors, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 we are starting to to untangle that and just allow each individual to to be a unique soul. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're, we're there's too many shoulds, aren't there? You know, that we that we end up having to live by. And um and who who is who who is the authority that is putting these shoulds in place anyway? I mean, I don't think we we know it's just these unwritten rules for want of a better word that 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 seemed to I certainly felt that I had to find a box with a label on that 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 was who I was but it just felt really constraining um and why can't why 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 do I have to be in in a box that says I don't know lawyer or um uh, uh, good girl, or I, I don't know. I, I, that's not really a fully formed thought. Sorry, but I, 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 I th- you know, for me, the that being in a box is the opposite of freedom, and the freedom to be who you are from moment to moment. Because who we are changes from moment to moment, and that's completely okay. Um, but I think the have feeling the constriction on us crushes us which which makes it more intense whereas if we can just be be who we are in the moment from moment to moment um and know that that's okay Mm. that is a much richer way to live yeah you know, and then maybe we can just all be a bit kinder to each other. Yeah. Yeah, if we know that that other people doesn't put us in boxes and that we shouldn't put other people in boxes because it's so restrictive. Yeah. Yeah. Or entangle them. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so I should have, instead of putting in a box, I should have said tangled up, shouldn't I? More on brand. But yeah. Yeah. I lose. I use a lot of analogies about this untang. Well, untangling just 
just came to me and I love it. And, yeah. And was and and seemed to be what what I've been doing. Well, also through inner child work and to to similar work that that, that you have been through. And and you touched upon it a couple of times because it seems that like uh, many of these things we start understanding with our heads, but then we need to to also get the emotions uh, set around it. it. It's not enough to to understand things. Yeah. Yes. So I've spent my up until the last five years, like you know. Learn, and I, I'm one of my sort of catchphrases is every day is a school day. So I love learning new things. And, you know, I was, you know, I sailed through school and law school and all those things. So I was very, I spent my life in my head, you know, and we, we take, you know, we take things in through our ears or our eyes. Um, we learn things, but it's the embodying of them and feeling them and feeling the truth of them, or obviously, the the untruth of them and actually no that's not that's not something for me um but this is and this is what I'm going to embrace and that's where I think the real learning comes when you when you embody it yeah 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 and and really feel it and really yeah connect to it yeah and know the truth of it yeah yeah I mean, I, you know, I don't know about you. I'm sure my inbox just fills up all day with, with, you know, come and join this course and come and do this and do this and do it. And I, you know, some I just get rid of instantly. And then mm. some I leave in my inbox for a little while because they've sort of got a little spark. You know, something's gone, maybe. And then eventually I'll look at it and I'll really, I will sit there and I'll feel, does that feel right? Mm. Is that really something I want to do? And 99% of it, the answer is no. And it goes. But it's like that, okay, what does my head say? Um, my head says yes or no. So if my head says yes, I then leave it a bit longer until actually my body is saying, yes, let's do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I sometimes have, I, I often know instantly, actually, whether it's it's for me or not. And And then sometimes I'm mistaken. <laughs> but but it haven't hasn't been like that uh, my entire life. Uh, when I was younger, I would use a lot of time considering and yeah, almost write lists in my head. Yeah, of, of pros and cons, and 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 now I'm in a place where I feel into it, and I feel does this resonate with me? Yeah. And and then yeah, if it does, then then I'll go for it and. And, and sometimes it's just like my inner child said, yes, yeah. <laughs> you go now. Yeah. And some people, you know, and I call that intuition as well. And I, I don't know whether it's another word for what I'm feeling or whether my inner child is driving my intuitive response. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It, 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 it doesn't really matter how it's happening, but it is connecting to that feeling of, yes, that this is right. or maybe not um and and then acting on it and learning to trust it yeah mm. and, and it, yeah it's the learning to trust it mm. which is uh 
which is the path. Yeah. And it is our journey. Yeah. Especially as we've already touched on, we're surrounded by so many um, shoulds and so many expectations of us that, that come from, you know, that come from our, our family, our friends, our, our community, society as a whole. And, uh, and that takes away from us sometimes the ability to actually be able to trust that we know what is right for us. Mm. But we do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And yeah, just feeling into that for, for a moment that we do know, we do, we do know our truth. And, and often these things are, are in the unconscious field at a um, at a community level or at a, a global level even. Uh, and, and we need to ask the why and, and is this really my truth? Um, and it's in, it's in the big things and in, and in, in the little things. Yeah, and it's in the little things that we can start the connection. Yeah. Because I think if we see it as, okay, I'm not connected and I want to be connected straight away, that's a big leap. Yeah. But the little steps, the little things that we can connect to slowly but surely are what help us achieve the big connection. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it's step by step. and. I think there's a song there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think there's a song there somewhere, step by step, day by day, isn't there? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. And I think, yeah. So, so I, I, I shared a song with you uh, some some time ago called called Shine. You did by by Fia, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it is even. Which is yeah, which I really love. Mm. I can't play it here in the podcast. <laughs> no, and I loved it when you when you played it to me. It was magical. Yeah, yeah, it, it just fit into to that that moment. Yeah, and and it's about how to how to go on this journey of life re- relentlessly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be doing it any other way now. No, no, me neither. <laughs> me neither. I've been struggling very hard against, yes. <laughs> against it. Yeah. Um, but now it's it's an integrated part of my life to, yeah. to, to find my, my truth. Yeah. And of many others as well. So I think it's a, it was some some good final words. And that's a nice place to end, isn't it? Yeah. But before we before we end this all, if people feel called to to work with you, can you say a bit about how they can do that and and where they can find you? Yeah, of course. So um uh I uh I call myself a personal development and healing coach, which 
is the name I've come across, but you know, the essence of what I do is what we've sort of is help people along a journey similar to the one I've described that I've been on. And if anybody feels like they want to um, connect with me, I would love to hear from them. Um, the easy, the best place is probably my website, which is safeandsupported.co.uk. Uh, I do one-to-one -one coaching. I'm also uh, running, I run courses and workshops um, occasionally as well. I've got one starting on the 16th of February, if anyone is interested, but, um, you know, I don't know when you're planning on putting this out, but if you've missed that one, that's that's fine. There will be more. Um, I'm also on Instagram if anybody's interesting, uh, interested and I'm at Safe and Supported Coaching. But I'd love to connect with anybody who feels drawn to connect with me. Just 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 for a chat. That would be lovely. Thank you. Yeah. And, and we'll put it in the in the text as well. Lovely. So that that people will have the link to find you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for coming and and sharing your journey and your work with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a, it's been a joy. Thank you. Yeah. Likewise. Take care. Yeah, and see you. Okay, bye. Bye.